Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. And the horse I was referring to in that first heat of the Inter-Dominion on Saturday night, race five is king of swing, of course, uh... Uh, Zeus Bromac is a scratching, so we'll come out of gate three and should be a procession, should it, Chris? Will he find the top fairly early? Good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. It, it looks that way. It looks his race to, to lose and it looks his series to lose. Uh, you, you've got to ask the question, does he get the respect that he deserves King of Swing? Because when you break down his record, it's unbelievably good. 37 wins from 74 starts, so that's... 50% as far as a win strike rate is concerned. And when you consider that this series is being staged on his home track, Menangle, and his record there is 16 starts, 14 wins, two seconds, that's just, it, it's, it's mind-blowing sort of stuff. So he's a clear favourite, I think, with this first heat tomorrow night. He's $1.25 with Tab. So he is clearly the horse to beat. The man that's going to bring us all of the action as far as this series is concerned is Fred Hastings. And over the next couple of weeks, Fred's going to join us each and every Thursday and lead up to the big final, which is only a couple of weeks away. And he's called most, if not uh, all of those victories of King of Swing at Menangle. And he's kindly joining us now. Fred, good morning. Good morning, Chris. And, and uh, good morning, everyone. Does King of Swing get the respect that he deserves by pundits, uh, given that he's got this unbelievably good record overall and that record at Menangle is just breathtaking. Does he get the res the respect that he deserves? Look, I think time always tells in these situations, Chris. While they're still racing, uh, they, they probably don't always get the respect, the champs of the day. Uh, it's often when they retire, uh, we, we sort of reflect. But uh, he, he is very deserved of the, uh, of the respect you say he's entitled to. He's won... Two Miracle Miles, he's won big cups, Hunter Cups. He's just been a phenomenal horse uh, looking to pretty much get a, a grand slam if he can win this into the Minion Series. And it's hard to see him not gaining uh, maximum points for his heat on uh, on uh, Saturday night. The one thing, I think the stats you just read about his form at the track, I, I think he's unbeaten at the mile. That's uh, that's another telling uh, uh, stat for him. But he's uh, he's just as adept over a longer journey. Okay, I want to put it to you this way. You've called some of the all-time greats in, in the modern era, horses like Blacksafake, I'm the Mighty Queen, Smoking Up, Bowtied, Lazarus. The list goes on. Where does King of Swing sit for you right now? Right now, he's right up there. I think, for me personally, a, a horse you're very fond of and would have seen plenty of Blacksafake, he... He's probably, arguably, the, the best I've had the privilege of calling, and I only got to call him uh, probably in about three or four races uh, because when I came on the scene, he was at the end of his career. Uh, but uh, King of Swing, he, he's pretty much done it all, and uh, he's he's so well managed by uh, the McCarthys in his, uh, you know, his weekly uh, training regime where he, he's just they, they look after him. He's trained on an incredible. Uh, at an incredible equine complex, Cobbley Equine. Uh, it's basically a, a five-star resort for horses. So, look, he's right up there for me, Chris, and I, I just can't see him, and I'm, I'm not, you know, no Einsteins here, but I, I think it's very hard to see him not winning this series as, uh, as it stands. Only bad luck, I think, can be. 
Is his stable mate his biggest challenger? Is it expensive ego? It's hard to make cases for others, but with expensive ego, you can make some serious claims about his chances. So does he loom as as the only horse really capable of knocking off King of Swing? I won't say only horse, but I think the best chance, Chris. He, he of course, won the chariots earlier this year and then ran second in uh, King of Swing's Miracle Mile in March. Um, he had a campaign in Queensland. Uh, he then came back here, and uh, he was back to his best last start when he won. And I actually had uh, Luke McCarthy uh, on the radio the next morning, and I said, "Look, is expensive ego this this very talented four-year-old? Is he up to the rigours of an Inter Dominion campaign? Will he cope with you know, four runs, potentially four runs in two weeks, and over a variety of di- uh, distances?" Luke was very bullish in that he felt expensive ego in that regard uh, was very much a horse suited to Inter Dominion racing. Um, he, he kind of blamed himself a little for his defeat the start before in the uh, in, in the Len Smith. Uh, thought he could have been a bit more aggressive on the horse. And if Luke chooses to drive the horse aggressive in the lead up to the final, um, he, he's certainly going to put forward his you know, his best credentials and be uh, one to be considered. Um, look, you know, you, you've got other horses in there um, that, that you might entertain over a, a long journey that could run OK. Horses like Max Delight, he's probably, uh, you know, not at the at the rung of uh, King of Swing at the moment, but horses like he and uh, and one or two others that, that could, and, and I say could, like Triple Eight, you know, at, at his best. There's a lot of mail around that spirit of St. Louis, uh, the third of the McCarthys, and certainly the horse that could deliver them a, a treble of pacing heat wins on Saturday um, is another who will improve as the series unfolds. So, uh, but I agree, expensive ego. Just based on what Luke said in that interview two weeks ago, uh, he, he's of the opinion the horse will stand the rigours of uh, an inter-dominion campaign. OK, well, saying that... What about the fact that we've got to go to Bathurst next Wednesday night, Newcastle next week? Is that going to pose any real threat to King of Swing or Expensive Ego? Look, uh, sorry, King of Swing is pretty well-travelled, as we know. Uh, He's well-travelled. I I think it, it, it... pretty much plays into the hands of all these horses, Chris. That, you know, you've got the Newcastle and Bathurst horses having to come to Menangle. You've got the, the Menangle horses and Bathurst horses going to Newcastle and so on. So there's a bit of travelling involved this time round. And it's kind of not necessarily uncharted waters for a Sydney Inter-Dominion. Historically, uh, when the Inter-Dominion has been held, um, we, we, particularly at Harold Park back in the day, we'd have heats at Harold Park and the middle night of heats was always run at Newcastle uh, for, for many years, or many uh, Inter-Dominions. Um, so there is there has been travelling. The, the fact that this year is that it's been, you know, built into Bathurst being part of the series. Now, I was only talking to someone this morning about uh, the fact that they, they do have a bit of travelling. I think one of the saving graces, and whilst we're cursing La Nina for the wet uh, spring and potentially wet summer, it's keeping temperatures cool. And, and, and maybe that's a factor that, that might help the horses with all the travelling they've got to do. They're not travelling in what would traditionally be very hot uh, conditions. So whether that's, you know, that's another little factor to consider. We, we are in cooler than normal uh, temperatures here in Sydney at the moment. OK, good point. What about the trotting series? Uh, who stands out for you with the trotters? Is it going to be the Kiwi, Majestic Man, or can one of the locals, the Sydney siders, claim the series? 
Well, it's quite incredible, Chris. This is the first Sydney-based Trotters in the Dominion since 2002 uh, when Game Bid won it. We haven't had a, a Trotters series held in, in Sydney since then. Uh, and in that time, there's been a real evolution of uh, the Square Gators in Sydney. We, we, it was pretty much uh, very seldom we'd get a race stand-up for the Trotters now. Uh, some of the midweek meetings are propped up, in essence, by the trotting races with three and four races. And the ranks have just got stronger and stronger. Bigger stables have got more involved with the trotting uh, horses. Uh, stables like you know, Paul and, and Blake Fitzpatrick have enhanced their trotting ranks, the Morrises at Lucky Lodge. And to that end, uh, you know, it's it's hard to go past Majestic Man. You'd expect he will go through and uh, be, well, he is the, the current uh, uh, pick for the series overall. And I, I can't see them beating Majestic Man if he's uh, at his best. But uh, Funky Monkey, unfortunately, has drawn poorly in uh, this heat up against Majestic Man. She has been a real revelation, Funky Monkey. When she trots all the way, she's a very robust uh, mare and she gets, uh, really gets into her work. She's got the capabilities of stretching a horse like Majestic Man. Pink Galaz, we know how good Pink Galaz is. Uh, and, and Tough Monarch, uh, this, this evergreen nine-year-old, uh, you know, when he puts it all together um, and, and really uh, has his game head on, he, he's an outstanding trotter. So there is potential for Majestic Man to be upset by horses, I think, like Pink Galaz, Funky Monkey and, uh, and, and Tough Monarch. All right, well, there's a lot to look forward to. It all starts on Saturday night. So Saturday night, round one, next Wednesday night, round two. So by the time we talk to you again next Thursday morning, the, mm. uh, the picture is going to be a lot clearer as far as the finals are concerned for both gates, the Pacers and the Trotters. Absolutely, yeah. We, we head off to, uh, to Bathurst on uh, uh, Wednesday night. And, and uh, by then, we, we'll have a, a pretty fair assessment of where the fancies are. Has has anything from the Ruffy Brigade emerged? I mean, uh, Chris, I, I, someone asked me yesterday what my best Ruffy was for the Pacers, and despite the fact he's drawn atrociously uh, in, in the heat uh, in which Spirit of St. Louis uh, is the favourite for on Saturday with Triple Eight, the Black Prince, he's really stepped up as a Group 1 performer. He's won a couple of Group 1s, including a Smith Mile. He's a former carousel winner, so he can uh, handle Menangle well. Um, he's, of course, won group one, a Group 1 race at Newcastle, so that'll be an advantage. He's just got to get a draw. But at $34 before the series started, I thought he was a roughie. You might throw something on each way to perhaps run a, a hole in the final behind King of Swing. Okay, I've got to ask, Mac Da Vinci, you know this guy as well as what I do now. Uh, he's been scintillating up here over the past six months, in particular just during our recent summer carnival. Uh, he made a clean sweep, big good Johnny Sprint winner, Queensland Cup winner. I know he's got a poor draw as well, first up on Saturday night, but can you give him any sort of chance? Well, it, it's incredible. He's, he's been kept safe, I feel, in, in markets. Uh, Mira, Peter Hansen's done a, a terrific job with this horse over the, 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 you know, the past you know, three or four months. And uh, if he drew better on Saturday, he's in that expensive ego. He is also, uh, he's the $1.65 favourite expensive ego, and uh, he's drawn the back row with Mac Da Vinci. Um, if he gets any, any luck in the race, Mac Da Vinci, they'll know he's in the race. There's no doubt about that. So going forward and with kind of draws, I, I mean, some of these barriers, Chris, on Saturday have really turned 
some of these heats on their head. The only one that's come out smelling of roses really is King of Swing drawing four in that first heat, and uh, he, he's got the pace to, to, to find the top, and, and Luke can dictate as he so desires. But the, some of the other horses who are chances in other uh, heats, they've, they've drawn you know, fairly poorly. Okay, well, we look forward to all of the action that you're going to bring us on Saturday night and right throughout the series. Look forward to the chat again next Thursday morning, but uh, go well over the next week. Good on you, Chris. Look forward to it. Nice to be with you uh, this morning, and I look forward to chatting to you next week. Leading Sydney Harness Racing broadcaster Fred Hastings joining us, so I'm sure he is uh, really pumped up for the uh, the next couple of weeks. Uh, The series is going to be... Uh, very exciting, not only for the Pacers, but also for the Trotters. Brittany Graham joins us each and every Thursday morning. And I'm sure she's got a thought or two about the series that is about to commence on Saturday night. She joins us now. Brittany, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. What's the highlight for you for round one this Saturday night? Oh, well, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I had a chat to a few of the major players this morning, the likes of Ricky Orton, Jess Tubbs, and, and Jamie Dernberger, actually, from Summit Bloodstock with their two runners. And it's interesting. I think the mindset from the outside looking in is that, yes, it's a long series. We know that it's gruelling, and, and we can probably expect these races on, on Saturday night to to not be the most necessarily genuinely contested from a, a pressure point of view, particularly with a few of the, the major players uh, drawing well. But I think in an Inter-Dominion where barrier draws, are, we probably, without looking at the conditions, assume that when we went to Menangle, it would be 10 across the front. We now know that that's not the case and it's an eight and four configuration wherever they go. So it gives more likelihood that if you draw well, heat one, round one, you could well be in a position where you mightn't draw so well in the next two heats and then you're chasing your tail a little bit. So uh, I'm hoping that it's very hotly contested on Saturday night. I'm just looking at the fields now and I see Zeus Bromax is scratching in King of Swings heat, which is super disappointing because I thought the series was just going to suit him right down to the ground. But we're seeing a few horses come out, which is an ideal. Jamondi's out of the Trotter series as well. So uh, there's a couple of scratchings there, but the main players are all there, which is important. Okay, looking at the main picture then, as far as the pacing series is concerned, currently King of Swing, 220, Expensive Ego, 380, Triple $10, Spirit of St. Louis, $11, Mac Da Vinci, $21. Is there value there with King of Swing, 220? Is there value with any of those other runners I just mentioned? I think he'll start shorter than that, Chris, in the final once it rolls around. Of course, there's that caveat that something goes wrong and he doesn't make it to that position, which we are hoping for everybody's sake to not be the case. But when he lines up in in this grand final, where I assume that he'll have a a fairly, uh, not necessarily easy run through the heats, but you can't really see anybody wanting to park him if he's on the scene quickly in those heats. I just think no matter where he draws in the final, unless he draws the outside of the second row and expensive ego draws one, uh, there might be a swing against him. But we know that, again, if he if he draws the front row, he'll be pushing forward. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just not sure really how they beat him in this series. I, I can't find a runner that I can confidently say is going to really give it a shake. So 220 is value then. If he if he turns in a lights-out performance on Saturday night from his good draw, he's going to be even shorter, surely. 
I think so. I really do think so. Um, and we've discussed over the last few weeks the fact that the Inter-Dominion is different and we don't have uh, an opportunity to compare uh, horses, how they've you know, dealt with these circumstances in the past. So that's always a question mark. But we know that the McCarthy stable travelling by himself, so he'll be no doubt going to these venues in his own float, trying to keep him in as much routine as possible. And and this has been the target. They missed the Len Smith mile with him to ensure that they had him spot on for this race. So you can only assume that that's the case. Okay, as far as the Trotters is concerned, Majestic Man, 320 Funky Monkey, 350 Pink Galars, $5.00. Tough Monarch, seven. Maori Lord, nine. Humble Lad, $12. Is there anything that takes your fancy for that series overall? Well, I'm probably going to be a bit boring, and Majestic Man is the obvious. From what we saw from him earlier on this year, he won multiple group ones. I probably had a... I think he came over here to Australia with this, uh, I guess understanding or, or history that maybe he was a better short course horse. But at his first run here in Australia, he broke the Melton 2240 metre track record. So I still don't think 3,000 metres is probably his absolute wheelhouse. But in saying that, uh, is that the case for his main rivals? Funky Monkey so lightly raced. I can't imagine that uh, she would be, you know, perfectly suited to a 3,000 metre event. Tough Monarch, well, we know that he's going to show up and do a great job and he's been placed in a dominion as well. But just from what we saw earlier on this year, a few of these horses are going to have to really improve to defeat him. Pinkala sat on his back in that Aquagate Trotters Marlin couldn't stick with him. Uh, other horses, Tough Monarch was unplaced on that occasion. There's a few up-and-comers, no doubt about that. But just from what we've seen so far, his gate speed... And I vividly remember when he contested the Inter-Dominion in Auckland, Majestic Man. He didn't have this um, reputation of being a, a front-running horse, which I think he has now. He used to be able to come off cover and be really devastating. So he's no one-trick pony. He obviously loves Menangle. He's got Anthony Button, Sonia Smith, caretaking it, and Ants with the Reins, who's driven so many Inter-Dominion winners, particularly trotting winners. So he looks the obvious one. Agree or disagree with me here, just with the trotters, when you compare the top trotters in New Zealand to the top trotters in Australia, whether they're starting in this series or they're based still in Victoria, it's chalk and cheese. The gap is huge between the best of New Zealand compared to the best of Australia. Oh, absolutely. And, and it would be silly of us to, to disagree with that and get parochial about it. The facts are that their trotting crop probably for all of time has been stronger than Australia, but particularly at the moment, it's just unbelievable the depth that they have. For Sunday Sun to come out and win the Dominion in the manner that he did and uh, go so much quicker than the paces even did in the New Zealand Cup is further evidence of that. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a bit of a pity that we're not seeing more of them here uh, because that would have been great, but we understand why that's not to be the case. But at this stage, they certainly have the wood on our trotters and Majestic Man proved that earlier this year as well. Yeah. Uh, best bet for the weekend for you. What have you found? I found it a little bit tough because there are so many shorties when it comes to this series. But uh, I think... Majestic Man is a really good bet this weekend. I think he opened up at $2. That's well and truly gone, but he's $1.55 now. So you can either take him one out, or if you want to play a multi, I think King of Swing into Majestic Man, you might get a little bit more meat on the bone. But um, I, I, was, I was having a look at this series, and 
just trying to, to pinpoint a horse that could maybe be a sleeper in both gates that maybe there's a, a little bit of value around for at the moment. I probably struggled a, a little bit with that. But if you're looking for a long-range roughy, and we often see it in these series that horses thrive under the conditions and maybe perform above expectation. Think our Uncle Sam a few years ago. I think Max Shard won a heat in Auckland at, at a big price and then ran second in the, the final. I think the current price of $41.00, uh, around Majestic Cruiser is a little bit of overs. So I thought he raced really well in Queensland. Uh, and also in the Trotters division, uh, I'm not sure if there's a great deal of value there, to be honest. But if you're looking for a long range, of course, you'll, uh, you're open to having the price drift or shorten after this first round heat. But $41 about Majestic Cruiser in the final, if you're looking for an absolute big-time roughy, he's the one. But this weekend... Nice and simple. Majestic Man, race eight, number two. I think he's the, the one that we can sort of hang our hat on that's not too ridiculously short like King of Swing is. OK, we'll take the tip. Majestic Man is the uh, the laydown Mazir this weekend. But as far as the series overall is concerned, the long shot is Majestic Cruiser. Freddie throughout the Black Prince. He's currently $34. Brittany, really appreciate the time this morning. We'll have a lot to talk about next Thursday. Uh, heats one and two will be in the book, so it'll be quite interesting going into that final round. So there's a lot to talk to next week, but appreciate the time. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks, Chris. There's Brittany Graham from Sky Racing joining us. We've got a great night of racing coming through from the West. Maddie Young's on board with us. Ten races and a Group 1 feature as well because we've got the Westerl Mares Classic, which comes through as race number five. Maddie, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. Who wins this Mares feature and why? I think the barrier draw has made it very interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Savvy Bromax, who's come up with the draw, but there has been a bit of talk about her holding the front. I would prefer to see her with a sit. I think her biggest asset is her speed, as we have seen with her winning a few races over the past uh, two or so months. So she looks pretty hard to beat, and I think there will be some pressure mid-race from Belle Catherine, who is second up and stripping a bit fitter. Gary Hall Jr. has been uh, publicised. The Gary Hall scene's been very happy with her work. So from gate seven, she's going to have to press forward. And you've got a horse like Wainui Creek who can absorb some pressure and still be there in that last 400 metres. So I think if Savvy Bromack took the sit, it gives her a nice, cosy run over 2,500 metres. There's usually some gaps. So she's the way that I've gone. And it also puts Born to Boogie one spot further back, who is another uh, very strong finisher for Ross Oliveri, and she's in career best form. So I think the barrier draw has made it an extremely intriguing event, and I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, so Savvy Bromack for you off that inside gate. It's a pretty handy program there tomorrow night overall. Ten races, there's plenty of talent stepping out. What's your best bet on the card? Well, this will be for you guys on the Eastern States. It'll be uh, the start of Saturday morning. Uh, race 10, number eight, Majestic Courtney for Bruce Stanley. It's had the one run over here in the West and was, for mine, was going to bolt in. And unfortunately, Bruce uh, clipped the wheel of the horse in front of him and uh, Majestic Courtney galloped. This is a really suitable race and I think this trotter will just win. So I'm very confident race 10, number eight, Majestic Courtney is the best on the car, but we have to be patient throughout the evening. What sort of price range are we looking at? Uh, well, alongside it on the Harness Org, it says $8, but uh, yeah. I we think don't read those prices. What do you think? What have you marked it? Uh, probably about, yeah, maybe 
if it's around two dollars fifty, I think it's a very good price. I think you'll be getting better odds, and uh, it definitely won't be in the red. That's for sure. Okay, so around the two fifty mark currently, Savvy Bramac two forty. So we might even be able to do a little double then. Could be able to do a double. Yeah, it's uh, is the way to go. And I'd love to see Savvy Bromac win. Nathan Turby's had uh, an amazing season with his horses, and so has Emily Savalka. And I think it would just top off the year if they are able to bring up uh, Group 1 success in the Mayor's Classic. OK, well, Savvy Bromac, race five, number one, but Matt's best bet is in the last. So we know that Steve is going to be uh, sound asleep by that stage. That's race <laughs> 10, uh, number eight, Majestic Courtney. He's up at... Uh, at uh, a very early hour on Saturday morning, so he'll be able to uh, tune in and check out the result, watch the replay and check his account balance and see that it's been topped up there. So race 10, number eight. Tell me, I'm keen to get your thoughts on the three-year-old race there tomorrow night. Race seven, jumping Jack Mack. He's been a runner-up his last three. Can he return to the winner's circle tomorrow night? Well, he's got the draw disadvantage on Finvara, and if we uh, go by anything from the previous run, Finvara has to be a massive chance to be able to win again. Um, so I think Junior's just picked his uh, horse for the season going forward and he's sticking with jumping Jack Mack. But Finvara's got to be hard to beat again. And Blitz and Bayer creates a lot of interest coming to town for the first time. Has been very impressive on the country circuit, running some very good times. So I expect uh, Blitz and Bayer to potentially lead and that could really bring it back for jumping Jack Mack to uh, be a big winning chance. But if Finvara ran to the top, I think... It'd probably be curtains again. So, tactically, that's uh, one of the most intriguing races of the night. OK, well, that promises to be a good one. Just going back to uh, last uh, Friday night, that open-class race, did that throw up more question than answers, in particular with Hurricane Harley and Bletchley Park? Uh, daring tactics out in front. What was the breakdown? What was the wash-up uh, from that feature last week, the free-for-all over there? Yeah, look, uh, Bletchley Park, he's... He's a very good horse. He just fires up. And I think uh, I think Lindsay Harper was a good drive from him to allow him to run. He knew that the main danger in the race was in the breeze. And Hurricane Harley's not a horse that, as we all know, can do that much work. And so a middle half in 54-8 was always going to be the uh, demise of his run. And also Mighty Conqueror and Galactic Star, Galactic Star getting knocked over by Mighty Conqueror who galloped on that corner like he has done many times. Uh, I think Lindsay Harper just took it into his own account to try and run them ragged, and he did. Diego, I think if he was just a touch more genuine, would have won the race. But Blessley Park had the will to win and was able to get the victory. In saying that, I thought Hurricane Harley was quite disappointing from the breeze. He's more, as we said, speed. And Mighty Conqueror was very impressive, in my opinion, for a horse who lost that much ground. Him and Galactic Star both hit the line powerfully, and so did Wild West. I know they only got home in 30 seconds, but it was, yeah, a very, very intriguing race last week. It was a very exciting race, but, uh, yeah, I think there's uh, a lot of questions going forward about a few of these runners. Well, that's where I was headed. It's uh, it's still very open as far as the pacing cups are concerned, both the Frio and the WA Pacing Cup. Look forward to the chat again next week, Matty. Appreciate the time this morning. We've got the tips on board, so uh, we're going to be cashed up. And uh, we look forward to uh, chatting again next weekend. Enjoy the weekend. Cheers, Chris.